Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name is Rachel Peru, and you are now joining the fourth series of Out of the Bubble podcast. I can't believe in the last two years I've interviewed over 40 women, and I now have another jam packed lineup full of inspiring women, all with a story to tell. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. This morning, I am joined with uh, Mahalia, all the way from Australia, and I am so excited to be talking to her this morning. Good morning, Mahalia. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon for you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's lovely to see you on here. All of the different types of um, day. Yes, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. So I wanted to have you on because um, I talk to so many older women that have really struggled in their youth to find their body confidence. And really when they look back at their lives, they really Mm. wish that they'd found it at a young age. And you are such a good role model for younger women and older women uh, because you have found that self-confidence and that self-belief. So for anybody that doesn't know who you are and what you're about, how would you describe yourself? Uh, I am a model slash activist. I have been modeling for about 10 years now, which is starting to get to um, a good little sector of doing so. Um, And I've been doing activism work for about the last, oh, I'd say six to seven years. Uh, That kind of alters a little bit. It's not always just in the fashion industry, uh, but it's quite a passion of mine to try and dip into as much humanitarian issues as I can. I also <laughs> just graduated, which is very exciting, yeah. uh, which is the fun part to be being uh, um, going back to school as an adult and not a young teenager is mm. definitely an experience. And I kind of wish I'd done it sooner. So I'm also a graduate now, which is quite exciting. Brilliant. Well done. I, I did that. I went yeah. back to university when I was 40, so I completely appreciate it's not as easy as when you're younger. What did you graduate in? What's next? <laughs> Oh, I finished my degree in business management. Brilliant. Well done. Yeah. So it was good. I think I um, I had so much time modeling. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just go weeks without a job or you can go days. And I thought, I am just sitting around able to speak about literally any Netflix TV series you've seen, but that's not going to benefit anybody in the long run, mm. <laughs> especially myself. Yeah. If I have all of this spare time, time I might as well put it to good use and I've always been fascinated by business um I'll continue on I think now um doing a few more diplomas I feel like once no you always to finish your degree you're like I could do that again and then you get into it and you're like why am I doing this to myself <laughs> but I wish I had started just a little bit earlier because now I'm just fascinated with learning and mm. knowing more and being involved with a whole lot of extracurricular activities that I may not have before. So I encourage anyone to get back to school, have a break if you need it, but for sure, get back into school. Brilliant. And do you class yourself as, because some people class you as a plus size model, some people class you as a curved model. How would you describe it? Uh, I'm not really bothered by either term. I know for a lot of people, there can be the distinction of not wanting to be called plus size. They see it in a really negative connotation. Um, But I was always told that plus could be just a plus bit extra. It could be you're really busty and that makes you just a little bit plus on the busty or you're really booby or whatever. So it's never been a form of one one over the other for me. I really Mm -hmm. don't mind 
Uh, eventually, I would like to just see it be called role models yeah. rather than having to define. Yeah. Um, because there's also that huge gap of the in-betweeny models who don't quite fit into one and maybe um, vilified if they don't fit into either like core category. Mm. So I think eventually when we move out of these labels will be the better place yeah. for us all to exist. And have you, yeah, had, have you cool. always had this self-confidence and this body confidence from a young age? Um, I guess I was always quite curvy just as a general. So kind of being used to my body was, I had, it was just like, well, this is the way I'm going to be. And I guess all my family members kind of look like me and they were strong, confident women. So I never really felt that I would be any less confident due to the, how my body was perceived mm -hmm. because I had so many role models who never let their body kind of dictate themselves. Yeah. Um, I was also a dancer for 10 years before I started modeling and I guess being very connected to your body when you're a dancer, uh, it just, it breaks it all down really. It makes you think, well, why, why, why could I dislike my body when it does so much for me? And if I could see it in those movements and the strength you push yourself to when you're dancing and I was uh, pretty much contemporary in ballet, mm. It's fascinating kind of to look at it that way. Also, I had a very good experience with both my parents are in the health field. Uh, my dad's girlfriend is in the sexual health field. So speaking and talking about bodies in a very normalized way mm. was in my upbringing. Yeah, that's really so important. Yeah. And what about kind of the representation in the media and advertising? How, how quickly and how young were you when you started realizing there was such this, this gap in lack of diversity and recognizing people that you could relate to? Oh, I think I might've been like at least seven or eight. I remember kind of walking through our big W, which is like a, um, uh, <laughs> what would I relate it to? Like an F and F? Right, kind of yeah. area yeah yeah so we were walking through big w and there was all the uh all the advertisements that would you would see and i just kind of remember thinking there's there's no one who looks like me here i did struggle a lot with how i related with myself in terms of beauty because my mother is irish and um like there's a very it's not funny, but it's funny kind of to me if you bring it up straight away without breaking people into the conversation <laughs> is that my mother who's Irish and she's very fair, obviously has like, oh, so sorry, someone called right. me. Um, <laughs> she has very like pink nipples. That's a lot of information to give away about my mother's on a podcast, but <laughs> she will appreciate it. <laughs> so she will appreciate it. But uh, because I don't, I guess I always kind of felt odd about my body in that essence because I, I have a lot more of a look, I guess, towards my father who's Māori. Hmm. Um, so I saw myself in a much more masculine view, I guess, because that's how I was relating to the features on my body were very similar to the features on my father. Hmm. Um, so in terms of seeing it in media, I, yeah, I just remember walking around seeing that and thinking it. Uh, I specifically remember the aisle I was down and the shop I was in. I don't remember the full age, but I just remember thinking if I can't do that, then I'm just going to, if I can't see it, then I'll do it myself. 
Which I I'll love. Be the That's one amazing. Who does that. Uh, and then I think I had another, yeah, it just kind of kicks in. Um, where I grew up as well in Australia, there's like a lot of Aboriginal Indigenous culture there. Mm-hmm. So that was such an embracement of, you know, just brown people or Indigenous people. It was a real tug of war to like constantly see the media reflect differently and like watching your local soaps at 7 p.m never display someone who looked like you. Mm. Uh, And I think when I really tipped into it was I was sitting with my Nana and we were watching the Miss World, Miss World, Miss World, not Miss Australia. Yeah. The Miss World pageant. And she turned around and said to me, you could do that if you wanted to do that. And I think that's where it kind of really trickled down from Mm. going on there. And then, the rest is history. I moved to Sydney when I was uh, 19 and then to London when I was 22. And it's been, it's been an ongoing jump since then. So let's, let's fast forward. So when you were in London, you had the amazing campaign yourself, which is the Everybody campaign. So yeah, how did it feel seeing your pictures on billboards in Selfridges? It was so cool I used to actually um when I go on little dates I'd make them walk by and be like oh I didn't even realize that was out like <laughs> I love just that. to kind of show it off but <laughs> um when it was when I went to Selfridges I'd only actually been in the country for about two months um and then the casting was a very different layout to the actual shooting that we did so I didn't really comprehend, nor did I understand what I'd never been into a Selfridges until I went in the day um, that the campaign was up because I'd never, I didn't understand what Selfridges was or the importance that it had in British fashion. Mm. And so that was really exciting to kind of understand the momentum to see it and feel like their bodies were normalised too. Do you think it has changed in the last 10 years since you've been modelling? Do you think there is a genuine shift to being more representative and diverse? There's there's definitely been change, for sure. Um, There is a lot more diverse bodies Mm. in the media. Um, I think each country has a positive and a negative that it's doing in terms of moving forward. But London seems to be leading the way in terms of being racially inclusive, not being tokenistic and having more diverse bodies. Hmm. The casting system is so much more wider and ranger. Um, I do understand that they have problems, but currently in Australia, for where we were 10 years ago, we should have been there eight years ago. Hmm. Um, We're still about five years behind here. Uh, It's still quite the battle just to have... Uh, different bodies included let alone have race different races included that aren't tokenistic Mm. so do you think you will stay in Australia to fight that battle I I feel like the entire industry needs a I do intend on going back to America Mm. I have my visa over there and I was living there last year and came back for Christmas and I've not returned since. Um, I do intend to go back. I know, 
but it's probably for the best at the moment. You know, there's always a, there's always a plan as to why I've been held back. And I had a very spooky, like just a spooky tarot moment where I didn't go back. So I'm kind of glad. Mm. However, I, yeah, I will like to go back. I'm currently working with a group over there as a supporter and volunteer for a Instagram page called models for change. Now, they're a black collect, black leg collective group and we are about to ask the industry a set of um implementations that they can take to help heal the industry of the racism and tokenistic value that it's had it oppressed to many of the black models and mm. people of color for years mm. um in terms of fighting it with australia i will i think i'll never be able to give up the fight with australia it will always be a a constant battle which i'm happy to just kick the hornet's nest about because someone's going to do it. But I really hope we can really move forward. I think Australia has such an advantage of considering the Indigenous background that lives and is the original custodians of this land to embrace that culture and be the forefront that shows other countries, well, this is how you are racially inclusive and this is how you celebrate Indigenous culture. So... Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to be on the backbone for constantly fighting there, but I will kick a hornet's nest in any single country if it means that it will make a change. Yes, do it. You are the woman for the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about social media because you've got a great platform. You've got over 60,000 followers, 64,000 followers on Instagram, and you're on all social media platforms, which is amazing because it gives you um, a tool to spread your message out to people. But that comes with certain yeah. pressures as well, doesn't it? How do you cope with those pressures of being on it constantly and the judgment? Um, there's a few things that I do. I make sure that I have a very specific routine in the morning and at night, which helps me break away from social media and the implications of commentary and such like constant news cycles that are coming at you. Um, and that's, I don't touch my phone half an hour before I wake up and I must have a shower and breakfast time for myself a coffee mm. before I do so. Um, also the same at night, it's one hour before I go to bed and half an hour of decompressing any thoughts they have so that I make sure that I'm sleeping routinely and able to retain information mm. correctly and just not let it get into me. The reason we go we're laying in bed and our brain's going, oh, but why do we think about this? It's because it's the only moment of the day we haven't had to actually go, oh, it's silent. We can think. Mm-hmm. So I think implementing just that small 20, 30 minute gap before you go to sleep helps you just de- decompress the things that happen on social media every single day. Yeah. Um, the second one I do is I have keywords that anyone can put into their Instagram that blocks and limits particular words that others may use that could be harmful or extremely negative or bullying in an essence. Um, I don't allow any sort of uh, oppression or bullying on my page. That is a main um, source of how I guess it keeps such good positivity with myself and with my audience is that those keywords are limited. So nobody can come on there and say horrible things to anyone or myself debates are always welcome if they have you know someone's got at least a point of factual evidence 
that's on the bottom mm. or is willing to learn just as much as I am. If I make a mistake, I'm more than willing to listen to somebody about how I could improve or understand through their recognition what it is that I've done wrong. However, harmful, hateful words don't exist. As for the men who come onto my page and say the horrible things that, or the sexualized, fetishized things that they do, I think I've made it very clear a few times that the minute that happens, they're blocked and they'll never mm. see me again because yeah. I'm a Cancerian and I'm petty and I'll block them forever. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there are great love- ways, but I think I'm watching a lot of videos too that you like to watch, only engaging with pages that you like to engage with, tricks mm. the algorithm. Uh, For example, I am obsessed with watching cake videos. I don't know what it is. I just love watching people make really sweet treats and Mm. the way they do it. And I was really getting into this girl who had hamsters lately. It was a very odd obsession, but it's very calming. (laughs) The more you engage with the videos and photos you like to see, the more it tricks the algorithm into understanding this is the content you want to see. So a lot of the pages that may have negative or false information tend to drift off your timeline. Right. That's a really good tip. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know about the um, being able to block certain words. That's a really good tip. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. Yeah, it's just you've got to go into your settings and your privacy and have a look and you can have particular words that are blocked. Well, that's what I'll be doing this morning over breakfast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward, how ambitious are you for the future? I guess very. Very. <laughs> yes. Um, most of the, I would say about 80% of the time I'm guns firing, ready to go with about six different projects moving all at once. Mm. Uh, I do drop though, like it's not always everything's so perfect and everything's fun and I can't wait to do everything. I have many moments when I get imposter syndrome and many moments where I question what I'm doing. Um, if I'm doing the best thing for myself, if I'm involving myself in the right environments. Mm. But when I think about whom I'm helping, that tends to sit in a better regard with me of how I make my choices. Mm. I think it's a really hard thing as like ego starts to overtake all of us um, in that yin and yang balance, that the more we feed into the ego side, the less we start to lose the ability of why we were powering through for these things before and the strength to keep going for it. Mm. So I've got a lot going in right now. It's guns ahead. Let's get it done. Um, Hopefully be able to set in some laws or at least just see and encourage like so many more businesses to do better than what they're doing now. And it's just learning. Like you just have to admit to some fault and, really try to move forward and that's the baseline of it all yeah it's already yeah. happened so there's not much we can do no i think you know to, to be part of creating that change is such an important thing it really is and to be able to use your voice yeah that's it to be able to use considering i have a platform it's like well it'd be silly just to use it to only sell particular things to mm. yeah people why not use it to actually alter change or to elevate you know, small run businesses, people who are really making quality products that aren't being taken over by a huge company yet, or corporation. When you're not kind of on it work-wise in your head, how, what does self-care look like for you? Do you, what kind of exercise do you do? Do you have certain routines that you do that helps you relax? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like to go, I normally run. However, <laughs> I have not been running too much now, but I do believe like walking at least an hour a day, half an hour, or, you know, making the intent to walk somewhere. If it's like a little bit longer, taking the stairs every Thursday is something that I do mm. as well. Don't take any sort of elevators or lifts or anything, just stairs on Thursdays. Um, but I, I definitely go for a walk. I'm a very big painter. Oh, so wow. yeah, a lot of my decompression and like self care can come out in that painting. So I like to do quite large pieces. Um, and it involves so much of like me moving around and mixing and I put on my favorite incense and a particular playlist and I just lose myself in the moment there. But self-care is not only involving myself in existential activities, it's also making sure very specifically that I have beautiful sheets on my bed. <laughs> very picky about that. Um, that kind of is like, I've been asked two people say, well, when do you feel your sexiest? And I say, when I wake up in a thousand count sheets, like that's when I feel beautiful. And you're like, yeah, I've just had this luxurious sleep. Of course I feel amazing. Yeah. So self-care is making sure I'm eating well for me at the time. I'm not going to say that everyone has to eat healthy all the time, nor should you not indulge in food that you like fast food if it's fast food or if it's takeaway you just have to not find balance because I don't like I don't like the conception of balance I think that means you're weighing one person one thing over the other as if yeah. one is going to outweigh yeah. but I like the idea of the harmony between them all that's a much better if I'm in Australia a self-care day is a um, swim in the beach for sure how lovely i would die to do that right now it'd be so nice to get to the beach and see some sunshine and blue skies <laughs> one day <laughs> so last two questions that yes. I asked all my guests um what's the best piece of advice you've been given Ooh, the first piece of advice i was ever given when modeling starting modeling was to never do anything to ever harm someone Make sure you're always doing things with good intention and good things will happen, which has been a really safe um, board, I guess, for me to base my entire career off. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I've ever been given like the best, best advice, but to, there are one thing my therapist recently said to me, which is newer advice. He told me that I needed to walk towards the pain um, even though it was hurtful to find the courage as I'm going through it, which will give me the healing. Mm. And I think that's a really instrumental part of learning because so many of us in so many different forms walk away from the pain and we can't truly heal from that, nor understand it and help to heal others unless we walk directly to it. So, so yeah, that was a really a really great piece of advice for me yeah. lately thank you so much for sharing that that's so true and I'm really quite thought-provoking actually um and the last question because women are notoriously bad at accepting compliments that uh, we always bat it off with, with with something negative about ourselves so what compliment would you give yourself oh um I love my little mole here 
brightening my lip. It's a little bit of a lopsided smile, but I kind of like it. It gives me a bit more personality. So Gorgeous. I think that I, would, I, I like my lopsided smile. Love it. Thank you so it's much, Valia. It's been an absolute pleasure no to talk to you. How can people find you on your social media? You can head to Mahalia from Australia <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> And you can also check out Models for Change Now, which is also on Instagram or the website modelsforchangenow.org. Brilliant. Well, I'm oh, and keep that. an eye out for Mahalia, Mahalia Handley website, which might be coming soon, which is oh, very exciting. That's exciting. I look forward to Ooh. that. And I will be looking at those websites. But thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your evening. And next time you come to London, let's see if we can catch up. That'll be fantastic. Love to. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So if you'd like to know more about Mahalia, then you can follow her on all our social media platforms, um, Instagram, Mahalia from Australia, and Twitter, Mahalia Handley, and Facebook, Mahalia Handley Model. And yeah, let's look out for her website. But what another great, inspiring guest for women of all ages, um, and what a fantastic role model. So that was, that was an absolute pleasure, and I will be back next week with a new guest. And in the meantime, have a good week, and keep being fabulous. <laughs>